Good morning. This is Life Reignited, where we say yes to our dreams and start living our best life now. Today, I am joined by Angel Bainey, who is a bank certified trainer, and um, she is coming to us from Pennsylvania. So welcome, Angel. So excited. So happy to be here. So excited. So can you just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Um, who am I? <laughs> so I'm a mother and have a daughter that's eight and I'm happily married to a really great guy. And I live here in my hometown of Pittsburgh where most of my family is. Um, I came from a background of body work and once the virus came and shut everything down. I pivoted to become a coach, mostly in working with moms and daughters to build relationships and bonds. And right now I am in a coaching group teaching just about relationships. Awesome, which is great. And that's why I invited you this week is because we, this is February and, um, one of the things that I do is we, we work on um, relationships that grow and, or relationships that thrive. And so that's what we're focused is for February is about relationships. So that's why I invited Angel. So let's start our podcast by saying one thing that we're grateful for. And um, I'll go first. I am grateful for having electricity and heat and water and pipes that are actually functioning exactly how they intended, because right now we're in the middle of the storm of the century for te in Texas. And um, I have a lot of friends who lost power um, and who have burst pipes, but we are so blessed that we don't have any of that and that we are continuing to pray for those who have been affected by this. Um, so how about you, Angel? What are you grateful for the, today? Well, I'm grateful that the storm didn't hit us as hard as you guys. I mean, you know, I'm grateful that we are here safe with our family. And I'm just really praying for you guys over there. You know, um, boy, I've had friends call me and say, I know people in Texas and this is just horrible what's happening. So, you know, I, I'm grateful that there's people out there that are loving and caring for Texans right now and other people across the country that are suffering because of this cold weather. I know it's, it's crazy. One thing that's interesting, as you were talking, I was thinking about how resilient Texans are. And I think Americans, and I think people in general, that when people are down, people genuinely care. I have heard from so many friends over the last week, like texts and emails and messages. And so I just really appreciate it. And sometimes you don't realize how much, um, how many people really care about you until, you know, the chips are down and things are hitting, um, the news. I mean, even people in, in, um, India and Canada and Mexico have been reaching out to check and see how I'm doing. So it's, you know, it makes it, it it's like, wow, I didn't really think that, but, um, I know when, other emergencies have happened. As I reach out, I realize like I'm I, how wonderful it felt to be on the receiving end of that. So um, I want to ask you, how did you discover your life's purpose? Like, what kind of what kind of um, 
journey have you been on to come to this relationship thing that is so important to you? So many years ago, you know, I just remember growing up and you know, always you have that feeling that there's a bigger purpose for you, but sometimes your dreams get squashed. Like I went to college to be a marine biologist and realized when I went for my scuba license that I didn't stay down there in the water. I became very claustrophobic and just, you know, and I realized at that point, wow, marine biology was not going to be my life. And, you know, from that point on, I was in kind of a discovery mode of what to do, which led me to massage because I've always heard about people and I wanted to do something that was of a service of people. I built restaurants from the ground up. I did catering um, and that was very fulfilling, but actually touching people's lives with my hands was so amazing. And, you know, unfortunately, my first relationship with my first husband was not good. And it became very violent to the point where if I didn't escape, I might've not been here today. So I knew in the back of my mind that somehow that was always gonna come out. But I fell in love with massage. And in the past few years, you know, because I have a little one and I'm an older mom, I just felt like a burning desire. And then COVID hit and I thought, this is my chance. I'm fortunate enough to have a very supportive husband. And he said, just go for what you really love. And at that time, my daughter and I were just in this back and forth, you know, like many kids, she came, well, most all kids, I guess, during the pandemic, they all came home from school. And I realized, wow, we're so different. And how do I get along with my daughter? You know, she's seven. I don't want to stress her out. I don't want to be a, that stressed out mom either. So I needed to find a way. And I looked through many programs. And that's when I found Bank, a communication um, methodology that was like so easy and so quickly to apply. And you know, Michelle, because you're part of it. That's how we met. And uh, within two weeks, that relationship was just growing because I learned how to step out of my dominant personality into hers. And now as I'm meeting people and understanding the bank methodology more, I'm like, wow, if we all could just step back and realize people are so same, but so different. If we understand one another, no judgment, just realize the values that they come with and try to understand it, then we'll get along. Right. Do you want to go in and describe some of that? So you're a, you're a trainer in bank. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about bank and describe some of the, the four different um, types that yes. the categories? So, um, bank is amazing because it's an acronym for blueprint, passion, nurturing, knowledge. Um, you know, we use these four cards and it's within 90 seconds, you can, what they call crack your code, right? So it's brilliant. And because we are not able to do in person right now, in some places, we have a system online where you can crack your code in 90 seconds and you get this beautiful, detailed, colorful report 
And when you receive it, you're kind of like, aha. But the big thing that I love about bank, and as I'm coaching and using it in my life, I think the emotional intelligence and how it really raises your emotional intelligence. You know, I come from a hot-headed Italian family where how we get along is yelling at each other, you know, and that's not always good. My daughter says to me, when I yell at her, she gets scared. And I'm sure other people do too, but I always looked at it as, I'm just raising my voice. So I had to learn to not raise my voice and learn how to speak in her language. And then as I'm meeting others who have different codes for me, speak in their language. So you can see like my code is nurturing blueprint, knowledge, action. And my first two codes, right, determine how I pretty much do things in life. So I like to have methods and systems and that's how I nurture people through loving them, through giving them systems and stuff. But when I'm stressed, I go into my knowledge, which is my third code. And I just need to learn, learn, grind on things until I really know them before I can implement them. Because action, unfortunately, is my last code. But, you know, the beautiful thing about bank is you're not stuck in a box. Like you raise your codes. And when your codes become even across the board, then you know that your emotional intelligence has become high. Um, what's that saying? When, when um, tensions go high, emotional intelligence goes low, right? Mm-hmm. So when you learn, when your stress goes high, if you get your emotional intelligence high, then you're able to speak to others and build those relationships. That's cool. Um, should we, would you like to share a little bit of each of the different codes, like kind of things that are um, like markers? Yeah, so this is beautiful, right? So we now have what's called a bank box and it's kind of like a newsletter that comes out every month. And this month, because it's February and we're concentrating on relationships, we have your love secrets. Okay, brilliant, right? Awesome, yes. So um, we talk about who has the happiest partnerships and the most fulfilling relationships. People with high emotional intelligence, right? But sometimes different codes attract, but then they also repel each other, right? So if you're in a relationship with someone and, you know, at at first you're all lovey-dovey, but then as the years go by, you're like, wow, I didn't know he chewed like that. Or I didn't know she like didn't hang up her clothes all the time, right? But those are things that were always there. So again, again, it's in communication. We know our codes going into it and we're able to, as we grow older, to realize what we value. So let's take blueprint first because that's the first bank code, the B. And they want a partner who provides stability for them, right? More than any other type, blueprints are looking for long-term monogamous relationships. So if you're gonna cheat, you're not gonna be staying with a blueprint very long, right? And let's hope most people are not partnering to cheat. Right, right. But we know there are um, some. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
uh, they like roles, right? For their remote romantic relationships. And that sounds kind of weird, but there are roles and they don't like the roles to be broken. And they'll do everything they can to give you a happy, stable life. So if you want stability, find a blueprint, right? How does an action, now action are, are people that are not in the box. They want freedom and flexibility, right? And we describe them as the color red because they're so. Which <laughs> is ironic because I'm, yeah, I'm wearing red, but I um, like action is my least right. dominant. Um, but eyes love the chase. Think about some A's that you know, right? Mm -hmm. They love to fall in love and winning the affection of someone they are interested in is exciting, right? It's almost like a game for them. Yeah. Um, they love the chase. Yeah. It's like the yeah. challenge. Yeah. The challenge, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, life with an action will never be boring because they're moving from one thing to another, right? But most significant is they don't want to make sure they don't want their relationship to feel like it's work because if it feels like work, it's not exciting and they always need to have excitement. So like if you're with an action, you always want to make sure like maybe a surprise date night or a surprise present from now and then, right? And that will keep the relationship going and loving. Now for nurturing, those are our sunny yellow people. They like to recycle the box and they put love, love, love in relationships, right? They're always hugging and loving you and telling you they love you, always showing you affection. And, you know, and that includes like your passion for outside the world. Like they want to just love the world. Um, and if you're with a nurturing person, they'll always give you warmth and love because that is their main dominant code in life, just to show everyone that. <laughs> but you need to support them and you need to make sure that you're, you're loving them back. And it could be just simple ways of just giving them flowers once in a while, you know? And for a blueprint, it's really hard to say, I love you. Um, like my husband tells me, I told you once, if I don't love you, I will tell you. Otherwise, you know, I love you, right? Um, but he does show it in many ways. And at first that was hard because I would always question, did I do something wrong? Does he not love me anymore? When I learned his code, it just was like. Made sense. Well, and yeah. also probably because your um, less than desirable prior relationship had, had um, taught you the pattern of doubting. And so coming from that and then coming into being with a blueprint probably made it more yeah. unsafe around. Yeah. And he was definitely high action, but it doesn't matter that he was high action. The emotional intelligence was low. He was a narcissist. Mm -hmm. And that's what most domestic violence men are, wow. a narcissist. So that was really a interesting thing to learn that narcissism usually means low intelligence and usually comes from an action person because it's all about them, 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 right? And you never do anything right. Um, so our last code is knowledge. Now, these are some of the smartest people in the world, right? They engineer our box to go out and have, 
you know, cell phones, Zoom, right? But sometimes they can sabotage their relationship because they always need to be right. But with it, if you're with a knowledge person, just let them have that little bit of leadway of being right. I mean, does it harm anything if you're wrong and they're right? Right? And sometimes they can seem cold at first because it takes them a while to open up. But maybe it comes from their childhood because they were put on a pedestal of being so extremely smart that they had social inadequacies, right? They weren't hanging out with the other kids and doing things with them because they always had to be put in those smart classes. And, you know, they were considered the nerds, right? So if we understand that, knowledge people really want to experience life, but they experience it through data and science and logic. So if you're in a relationship with somebody who's a knowledge person, you need to talk to them logically. Like don't fluff things up their butt. <laughs> yes. Give them logical science behind what you're saying and you will be loved forever. And it's funny because knowledge and nurturing really attract one another. Um, in most cases, because here's the knowledge person who really wants that love and the nurturing person's giving it to him. But down the line, right? The nurturing person's like, you, you are like just always like on your computer, you're not hugging me, this and that, right? The knowledge person's like, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, why do I need to always do that? Our action and blueprint, right? Blueprint is attracted to the action because they're always going out, going out. And Blueprint's kind of like, wow, they're wild and crazy. But after a while, they're like, you have no stability. Like you're always going from this to this to this. What's driving me crazy? So now they start to repel. And then you have all these divorces because you're not communicating anymore. Wow. That was awesome. Oh, and just for full disclosure, I am a knowledge. I mean, I am a nurturing knowledge, uh, blueprint action. So, um, and I know that I make decisions as a knowledge person, which means when I make decisions, I need a lot of information and I need the mm -hmm. time to research. I take, take my time to um, make decisions, which, um, with the studies I've been doing, um, Napoleon Hill says, um, successful people make decisions quickly and seldom change their mind. And I have always taken my time to make decisions. So it's been, that has been a conflict that I've had to learn over the last three years, but um, I'm getting better at making decisions more fast. So isn't it funny too, Lachelle, like, you know, we were accountability partners right? and I just love our relationship because we do have different codes, but because you and I understand this and we've raised our emotional intelligence we help one another when we struggle with that code, you know, to bring, to bring this relationship to just even a higher vibration. Yeah. And um, I know you are making relationships right and left. I mean, you started this podcast, like you are doing amazing things, your gratitude for 30 days. It's just, I just love what you do. And I think that attracts me because you, I see you as just so smart and, you know, you, you're um, doing things that you want to do because you have that logic behind them. And so I tried to bring that in 
And I think with both of us, like our action has just risen, right? Yeah. We are going for what we want because this is our passion now. And so our bank notes are probably a little bit different now. And, you know, we have that, that assessment that takes a little bit longer to find out what your numbers are. So um, I just redid mine because I became a trainer Did it change? in January. It has, mine's actually now NKAB. I noticed that it, it, um, changed because she used to be B N K A. No, it was always N B K A, but it's oh. changed to N K A B. And as you can tell, oh, interesting. Know, I have a screen because you can't see my messy. Yeah. <laughs> I have to get a little bit back into my blueprint. <laughs> neater. But my action, because I realized that if I don't take action for my passion, it's just going to sit here in my brain on my paper in my computer. Well, and you've done a lot because we were both certified as bank iOS coaches and you decided to jump in feet first and, um, and be a trainer so that you can use it. What now you're also developing a course, correct? About yeah. mothers and daughters. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So, um, my passion, again, because of the background that I've had, um, is to end the cycle of domestic violence. And it begins with our young girls and learning and teaching them that they need to use their voice. They need to speak out against bullying, about any kind of emotional abuse. Because unfortunately, a lot of women that are emotionally abused don't think they're being abused, right? But words get stuck in our tissues, which becomes trauma, you know? And I've also, I've often had people gasp because I've said to them, I'd rather have the broken arm. So, I mean, I'd rather like people understand the emotional abuse because when you have a broken arm, right? People can see that, but they can't see the trauma that lives inside. And it's, like once you start to get it out, it's like peeling back an onion. You have to take those layers, right? So people don't see that. And there's a lot of people in the world, whether it be domestic violence, child abuse, whatever, you know, alcohol, drugs. Um, right now, mental health, right? Because we can't get out. This is all like combining. And so if we learn to use our voice and speak up, that's going to end these cycles. But we have to realize that we can only speak up if we know how to speak up and how to speak to other people. So my passion is really teaching this at a young age so that girls, especially, I mean, you know, boys can use this too, but girls can step into their dominant personality and step out of it and talk to the other person. So it's kind of exciting because um, next week I am presenting with a Girl Scout troop, 20 oh. girls, and we are going to use the codes um, in conflict resolution. So I'm going to teach these girls how to craft their code. We're going to talk about how you would ask the other person questions to learn about their code. And then 
how you would do conflict resolution once you know someone's code. That's cool. Yeah. I know for me, it went the very first time I was introduced to bank, I realized there was two things that I realized. One was about relationships with, with people that I dealt with for years and why I had never really felt like I, they understood me and knowing that most of the people were a completely different code than I, that I had been working with. It was like mind blowing. And I re and I actually had probably cause I'm a nurturer. I had a softening of my, um, of my heart. And I realized that I, it, that I needed to step back. And as I understood how they communicate and, and, um, it made me more aware. And so it also like softened my judgment. Um, and then an, another set of relationships too, when I saw the codes, I was, I was able to understand why it, things never had made sense to me. And it made sense finally, because of knowing who they were and what their code was. So for me, it was kind of life-changing. The other thing that I find interesting is that with the bank, there's all these different intelligences. And today we're primarily talking about um, personality intelligence and relationship intelligence, but, um, and emotional intelligence. Um, I had done some work on emotional intelligence years ago. One of my friends had recommended it. Her, a person that she was seeing had told her to read it. And it really changed who I was and made me aware of um, communication and action, like mm-hmm. my action personally. And so um, if, yeah, I think those were very, very interesting. Yeah. So think about that. If you learned this as a child, mm-hmm. you would, instead of looking at people on it, and um, judging them. I mean, because we don't know where they're coming from either. But if we teach this to children, especially girls, right? Girls in middle school, that is one of the most awful times. And I don't care who I've spoken to, women in India, women in Australia, women, moms, you know, in Spain, UK, across the world, you ask them and they all say middle school was awful. Why? One, because of hormones, because and mm-hmm. very awkward. And two, because it's, it's just a natural thing that we start to form those groups and it becomes an alpha and a dominant, you know. Mm-hmm. But if we really learn about others and why. You know, she's over there reading a book and she doesn't want to join in to be a cheerleader or why, um, you know, this person cannot just like run out of their house and do something with you. Like they need to know the time, where, where they're going, who's taking them, right? We understand how children act from their natural dominant traits, their values, then we'll just begin with each other in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I I think it was interesting because as I was going through the coaching, the part that was, it was those two that were like the most, wow, I learned so much. Um, I know in, in the um, back office, there's a part where you can go through and being able to help you. Like once you've identified your own code that you could actually go through and see 
how other people's code. So as you code people that you're in your family or at work yeah. and all of that and understanding them. And I, I thought it was interesting too. some of the stories about parents who had a child that was a different code than them and how they were trying. I think we're so because, because we don't come with a manual when we're born, we just, right. them. <laughs> we're just there. And, and as, uh, as, um, I've talked to many, many parents, every single child is different, that each one has a different thing. And because, and we know with the, the personality, it's kind of a guideline. Um, and obviously everybody has a part of each one of the different codes. It's just how, how strong they are at a particular time. But, um, if we all came with our, with a manual, it would be so much easier, but we don't. And we all can change because based on our circumstances and stuff, like I'm sure that your um, first husband's treatment of you completely changed how you were as a person. And if mm -hmm. you had had this training as a child, which is why it's so important for you to do this, that you would have been able to stand up and probably pick not to even be with him in the first place. Yeah. And we have to understand too that, um, so my book is coming out um, next week. Oh, wow. And Good. It's a collaboration with uh -huh. 11 other women. And it's going from trauma to resilience, right? And we all have this story. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be as deep as being abused, right? Mm -hmm. There's things in our life, like maybe a traumatic fall that changed us. You know, we all have this story that can, maybe can help one other person in the world. So... What I realized as I was writing this book is, you know, we learned to parent from how our parents parented, right? Mm -hmm. And that goes back, way back, way back. Because like you said, none of us come with a manual. So, you know, it's not their fault because we don't know what's in the unconscious until it's brought up to the consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. So, I realized that I was doing a lot of yelling because that's what happened in my family. My mother was loving, nurturing. That's how she dealt with stress, right? And so that's how I started dealing with stress. And I thought, oh my God, this just gets you more stressed out. Because really my husband and I have this very quiet relationship. I think one time I threw a sock at him and he laughed like, was that supposed to hurt? And then like never threw anything again. And we barely ever fought, you know? When we did, we fought and compromised. But when a child comes along, it changes and it does change your code. So we have to realize that, you know, in some of these psychology programs, you're put into this box and you are what you are. Now with bank, you probably always have that one dominant code that's really going to stand out. I'll always be nurturing. I've always been that way. I've always given to others, right? That's just who I am. But the other ones are definitely moving here and there, depending on what I'm doing. Um, so I just wanted to point that out because, you know, if we step away and think about how we grew up and not to blame our parents, and just realize that we need to learn also. And that's why I love dealing with moms because it's like, just step away from what you know from being a child. How do you want to parent and make that happen? 
And then with your child, like you said, is realize, like when I looked at Gianna, you know, the first few years I was like, of course she's gonna be nurturing. We're gonna go out and we're gonna save the world together. But every time I would say, hey, let's go, um, you know, bring food somewhere. She'd be like, uh, do we have to? And I thought, my God, my daughter's so empathetic. I've been told she's very empathetic at school. But why doesn't she want to deliver food or go to serve, you know, meals at the, at, you know, down at the Tree of Life? Um, then I learned she's a nurturer. So she's very nurturing at her passion. Oh my God. That's strong. Doing homeschooling, right? Yeah. She has to bounce on the ball while she's watching her classes. And I just say to the teachers, she's here, but I don't want to make you dizzy. So can we turn the camera off? But if I kept nurturing her, nurturing for me, it drives her nuts, right? Oh, that's funny. But I love that you guys have figured that out because I know that there's, like, I can see that your relationship has gotten stronger um, too, that you've been able to be a better mother or understand her better. Definitely makes you a better mother, right? Better parent. I do have another funny story though. Um, Well, not so funny, but you know, sometimes like in the last year before I learned bank, you know, you'd see, because people are online a lot more and you'd see like uh, somebody posting, oh, my daughter just gave me a beautiful card or my daughter just gave me a present. And at times it would be like, oh, but my daughter doesn't do that. Like, you know, I want her to write cards to me and stuff. But I learned that because of her action, that's just not who she is. Like, even when I tell her, I love you, I love you. She doesn't say it back to me. Oh, interesting. And at times because of my nurturing, I was like, wait, this is so like bad. Like she's gonna grow up. And that's what you get scared of as they grow into teens, that maybe she's not gonna like you. But her action, that's part of an action. Like, you know, she shows me in funny ways because she's a funny child. Yes. And once I learned that, I was like, it's all good. I know she's loved me. It's just like my husband. He doesn't have to tell me all the time. He shows me in other ways being his blueprint. Yeah. But I, I'm thinking about um, the Love Languages book, and I can't remember all of them, but yeah, I think that that goes so well with Bank that like finding out people's language that they that they prefer is so important. Um, yeah, I have yet to read those, but um, everybody's told me you've got to read Love Languages because yeah. it just supports Bank so much. And you know, Franklin Covey, mm-hmm. like Sherry, the founder of Bank, yeah, was a Franklin Covey. Um, I don't want to say employee, but she was within that group. Uh-huh. She studied it so much. And, you know, if you know anything about Franklin Covey, it's all about emotional intelligence and learning about that other person. And I don't think there's another system out there that does this so quickly and just really goes into depth, like you said, where you get those reports. And, you know, we give codes to people or our link, you can go and you can crack a billion codes for free. Yeah. And that's the main report. There's no upsell. Like you don't have to go and get another report and get another report. 
it's one report because, you know, and it's very it's, thorough. It's very thorough. And if you want to go in depth, then yeah, you pay for some other things, but and it's just so thing. thorough. And that's why I love it because I think it's just bringing the world a really great gift. That's awesome. So I'm going to go into my final questions. And okay. um, so <laughs> this is something that I have thought about for a long time. Um, and um, so I'm going to ask my guests some certain questions. And so you get to uh, start this off. So what is your favorite song? Oh, my favorite song is from Mumford and Sons. And it's called I Will Wait. Awesome. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to put together a Spotify um, uh, channel that has all of my guests' favorite songs because I did... That. Yeah, I did a, um, I did a 30 thankful days, um, at, in Thanksgiving, at Thanksgiving time, it was like a, a, um, experience where every day I came on and gave people a different thing to focus on and people would come on and do lives. And at the end, because it was right before Christmas, I asked people for their favorite Christmas songs and put a whole, um, playlist together. And I had so many people reach out to me. And so I thought this would be a really fun way to connect to the guests and to kind of see a different, um, like different people's personalities. As I shared with you, Angel, when I did my first half marathon, a little bit over, let's see, it was in 2000, a little like eight years ago, a little over eight years ago, um, I was reading and somebody had suggested, why don't you get, um, put a playlist together of people. And so I reached out to over a hundred people who had supported me and I had stuff from every single walk of life. So I was listening to it. And then as I was training and as I was running, I would think about that person. And as I got really hard on some of those miles, as I was having, I felt like I was having that person walk by me or run by me. And it kind of carried me to the end and, and really energized me. So that's my whole thing behind that. So thank you. I think that's awesome. I can't wait for the playlist. So, yeah. <laughs> and then my next question is what book have you gifted or recommended the most and why? Um, so one of the books that I'm just starting reading now is called you are Walkers. <laughs> right. Have you read this book? I have. Okay. Yeah. I, maybe you even recommended it to me. I didn't, but I think, I, I think this is just, it goes with everything we're talking about, like believing in yourself, um, improving lives. You know, it's just, it's a great book. So um, I'm only a quarter of the way through and I'm already loving it. So I will be recommending this. Oh, good. Awesome. So my next question is, if you could have lunch with someone dead or alive, who would it be and why? Um, let's see, who would I love to have lunch with? I think I would love to have lunch with, oh, this is gonna sound funny. Um, I'm not really into movie stars, but I think I'd love to sit down and speak with Angelina Jolie. Oh, okay. Um, just because of all the humanitarian work she does, you know? Um, and I know, you know, she's very controversial and stuff, but, I just, I'd love to pick her brain about the adoption of her children and a lot of the work that she's done. Oh, that's cool. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, I've been on a health kick. So I, my next question is a personal one, but I think it can also serve everybody. What is your favorite healthy snack? So I actually make this from almond and coconut flour. And there's these, these, um, always going to make, you mix a little bit of almond and coconut flour, a egg white and, um, Italian seasoning. And then you roll it out and you make it very thin and they're crackers. Oh, I'm going to have to have you give me the recipe and then I'll yeah. test it in the, in the it's, show it's notes. So easy. It's really delicious. And it's like, healthy, Oh, right? I love that. I'm so glad I asked that question. Cause that yes. is not something I'd ever even imagined. Yeah. But, they're um, so easy to make. They take like eight minutes to make and you can make abundance of them. Oh, that's so wow. And you could play with the spices and have different yeah. profiles. I really like the Italian spices because it goes, you know, it goes really good with like, well, I don't do cheese because I don't do dairy, um, but it just goes really well with like that crunchiness. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, you can make them flat. You could put like chili powder or you could put cumin or you could put curry. Yeah, you could probably put any spice yeah. that you oh, like. I'm, you know I'm what? Excited. I didn't think about putting a different spice in. Oh, I think it'd be fun. And someone who can eat cheese, like I can only eat cheeses that are from France, Italy, and Switzerland. Um, So, or I can eat um, because of the cows and I don't remember the name, but, and then I can eat goat cheese and I can eat um, a goat and sheep milk. I can have that, but um, you could like put Parmesan cheese in there and those would be so good. Oh, Wow. Yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> that might be one of the ingredients. I will look it up and I will get that to you because awesome. they're so easy to make. And if you make an abundance of them and have them around for snacks, then you don't go for something that's, especially yeah. if you kind of want that crunch and that carb, you know, and I've been craving that lately and I haven't had any flour since last, um, June. And so I've been kind of craving that lately. And so that would be a great little thing. I think it's like testing me that to see if I can continue doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my last question is what advice would you give your 20 year old self now? Like if you were talking to your 20 year old self, what would you tell yourself? I think I'd go back and give myself because that's when I got into my relationship. Um, that I really did not, this, I don't want to offend anybody out there, but I did not need a man to complete me. I, you know, look back and go, boy, I was always with a boyfriend in high school and boyfriend in college. Like, but after that happened to me, I moved to Vegas and I got into the best shape of my life, you know, and I didn't even want to talk to men for like a year because I just wanted to find out why I hated myself. Like I felt like I hated myself for letting things happen to me. Um, and it was a great year of self-discovery. Um, but I, I, I just would give myself grace and say, it's okay, you go through things, but just don't let anybody else have to completely complete you, right? You are the one who complete yourself and you can do anything. Oh, I love that. Do you have any... Final words of advice that you would love to tell anyone 
That was beautiful. I, I love that because I, I, it's interesting because I've, I, over the years I have met some people and I have, I felt sad for people who always have to have somebody because I think that that's, um, that's a way who you really know who you are is when you're by yourself and that you can, that you can feel comfortable and confident with yourself. So, yeah. And believe me, it's hard for a nurturing person, right? If that's your code and it's really high on the scale, you need to bring it down a bit. Um, and not in a bad way, like, yeah, you can still give to people, mm-hmm. but you just really need to know that over nurturing people kills you inside. It takes pieces of you every day and it, it will take your health. It will take your mind, right? So you can still love everybody and be who you are but you need to really love yourself too. And it's like that oxygen mask, right? You need to get that oxygen mask to yourself and then you can give it to the other person. Exactly. Well, I appreciate you coming today. How can people contact you, Angel? So I do have a website where you can go and crack your code for free. Um, It's hear my voice now. And, you know, go in there and make it a game. That's what I love to tell parents. Make it a game. Like ask your kids who they think you are and then have them crack your code and vice versa because that's what we did in our family. And yeah, it's just fun. And, you know, if you don't receive the report, then let me know because sometimes it gets stuck in spam. I can send it off to you. So yeah. And we'll and make sure. So much. Thank you. And we'll make sure to put all of your contact links in the um in the show notes so that people can, can contact you and definitely that recipe. Thank you so much, Angel. I really appreciate your time today. And I um, am so grateful for you being a guest on life reignited. And I definitely, you reignited your life and changed and wow, you 2020 was a huge fire under you that you definitely had your life reignited. And it's been so fun to see your journey. So Anyways, have a great day and um, we look forward to the next show. Okay, thank you.